the Lord saved me, redeemed me, restored me, and delivered me, hallelujah, from many things. But the Lord looks at me as blameless. It's so hard to understand why he would have given up his one and only son. But let's let's dig into what it means that, that we are blameless. Let's, let's find out what that means, that we are blameless in God's sight. So if you're a child of God cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus, you're also blameless in God's sight. And I don't mean it's difficult to understand the gospel when I say that, because the gospel is actually very simple. But what's difficult to fathom is why God would give up his one and only son, why he would, he would sacrifice his one and only son to a world, for a world that is set against him, a world that, that could care less about God, that mocks God, a world that is living in sin continually. Why would God do anything for a people like that? Well, he did it because he loves you. He did it because he thought we were enough. We didn't deserve it, but he did it anyway. He did it to extend himself, to extend his great and mighty arm to reconcile us unto himself. So the kind of love Jesus expressed toward us by laying down his life is unconditional love. And that kind of love is impossible for mankind without him. In our carnal nature, we as human beings are self-centered. Aren't we? Hallelujah. But thank God for his grace. Romans 8, 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. This great and remarkable love that the Lord has lavished on us now lives in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I pray that his love continues to grow in your heart and in mine. We need his love. We need that love that we can't possibly display as human beings. We, ha we need that kind of love that only God can give, that only God can can use us in as his Holy Spirit flows through us to other people. So now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1, 1 through 12, and read that again. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of the grace of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather in one all things in Christ, which are both in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. So I like to start now by speaking about verse 3, which says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing 
in heavenly places in Christ. So what does that mean? That he's going to bless us or that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What does that mean? Well, Ephesians 2, 6 says, God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So that means naturally, physically, we're here now on earth. But spiritually, we're also with Christ in heaven, in heavenly places. So what does that mean? It means we're spiritual beings, but we're also physical, earthly beings as well as we live on this earth. One day we will receive glorified bodies, spiritual bodies when we are with Jesus. And I believe when he walked with the disciples in the Gospels, um, as he walked with them and they didn't recognize him, I believe it's because he was already in his new spiritual body. And, you know, that's kind of a side note here. But one day we will be in our spiritual bodies. But right now we sit. Hallelujah. With Jesus in heaven. So that's why we need to pray from heaven to earth and not earth to heaven, because we have authority. We have authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us great authority over the powers of the enemy, over sickness, over infirmity, over death even. Hallelujah. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he said, heal the sick, raise the dead and cast out devils. And I've seen these types of things happen in my ministry and other people's lives and ministries around me. But it only happens when you access them by faith. It only happens when you activate healing, when you activate deliverance, when you activate these types of things, these miraculous spiritual things through faith. Without, without faith in these things, without first, first faith in Jesus, but without faith that these things can actually happen, they won't happen. So we need to believe for them. We need to believe every word of this Bible. Once we believe everything in this Bible, we'll begin to see everything in the word of God come to pass in our own lives. So the greatest blessing we've received, the greatest spiritual blessing we've received is salvation. God has saved us from ourselves. And I thank God that, you know what, Jesus you never left me alone. I say, Jesus, thank you. You never left me alone. Thank you that you saved me from myself because in, on, in my terms, on my terms, and by my own vices, by my own way, I would have been dead long ago. And as we read on into verse four, verse four imparts greater revelation as we read and understand that God shows us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. You know, it's just, it just blows my mind every time when I think about how we are holy and blameless before God. How can that be? How can that be? By the precious blood of Jesus, we are clean. So that means God was thinking of you before this world was ever created. He chose you to be his child before mankind even inhabited this earth. You may say to yourself, how could this be? How could this be? It's because of his foreknowledge. The Lord knows what men will do before they ever do it. And God knew that Adam and Eve would fall to sin before they ever did. But if they'd never fallen, they wouldn't have known the depth of his love. And if we had never sinned, we wouldn't know the depth of his love. Romans 5, 8 says it like this, but God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we, were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you know, I find it very interesting and captivating that there's another verse contained in the scriptures that speaks of God's divine plan to redeem mankind. And that scripture is Revelation 13, 8. 
and it describes the book of life in which the names of God's children will be written. Here, this book is referred to as the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Now, let's back it up for a minute. Let's back it up for a minute. What have we discovered so far regarding our identity and God's plan? We've discovered that God chose us from the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. We've also discovered that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain from the foundation of the earth. God had planned this out. God had placed all of this in position in his divine plan that we would be redeemed, sanctified, and reconciled unto him. So let me simplify this. Since God knew what would happen before it ever came to pass, he prepared his son as an offering before man ever fell to sin, that we as human beings could be accepted by the Father. That's the kind of God we serve, a God that knows how weak and foolish we can be as human beings. He gave us free will and a choice to serve him. So why did he give us a choice? Why did he give us free will? He gave us free will because if he would have forced us to love him, that's not really love, is it? We have to choose to love for it to be real love. When they choose, when we choose to serve God and love him, it comes from the heart. So God isn't about control and manipulation, although Satan most certainly is, and there's many ministries out there, and I wouldn't name them. I'm not going to name them, but there's many ministries out there that you need to be careful. And prophecy, you know what? I'm all about prophecy. Do not despise prophecy, the Word of God says. I'm all about prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit as they operate, hallelujah, in the Spirit. But we need to focus on Jesus first. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. As we testify about Jesus, we create a prophetic atmosphere. But I want to warn you about some who call themselves prophets but are not prophets, who call themselves prophetic but are not prophetic. And maybe they have the gifting, but they're, they're uh, calling out prophetic words. They're speaking prophetic words that are false prophetic words. And they are manipulating and controlling people through them because the things they are speaking are not true prophecies, but they are things that they are using to control, manipulate the people that are from their hearts, not God's heart. So we need to be very careful of that as we discern, as we, you know, as we go to different churches and ministries, not everybody has the best intentions for you. Pray about those things. Seek God on where you should go and who you should fellowship with. Obviously, I want to see each believer out there fellowshipping and communing with other believers, but we need to be careful and we need to understand the intentions of the pastor, the leader, the prophets there, the prophetic people there, and the ministry as a whole, what is the vision? That's something that you have to ask yourself and ask them, what is the vision there? Jesus offers forgiveness, and I know very well that you can't fall so far into sin that the Lord can't reach you. Because I've experienced such grace and love, such grace and mercy and love from the Lord, where I've fallen again and again. God didn't give me one chance in my life. He gave me hundreds of chances and I messed them all up. And finally, hallelujah, over eight years headed in the right direction. 
clean off drugs, hallelujah, no longer living a life of crime, no longer in rebellion toward God. I am where I am with an international ministry, seeing many saved, healed, and delivered. Countless numbers. I can't even count how many people God has used me to touch. And that's not about me. That's about him because I know where I should be six feet under or in jail for the rest of my life. But that's what God can do when you submit, when you surrender all of your life and every area and aspect of your life to him. He can use you for the purpose he's called you to from your mother's womb. So the enemy whispers into our ears at times and says things like you've done too much. God doesn't want you anymore. Or you can't be loved by God any longer. He doesn't love you anymore. And I've heard those voices. And at one time, I believed those voices. But I, at one time, uh, after hearing those voices, God spoke to me. And he says, Alex, don't sit on your gifts. I've given you them for a reason. Alex, I still love you. Come home, my son. And I rebuked the devil's voice and said, shut up, devil. That is not the truth. That is a lie. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. I rebuke the devil. You need to rebuke the devil off of your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your soul. Right now, if the devil is lying to you, telling you you have no purpose, he doesn't love you, that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't have anything for you, that God can't forgive you, I rebuke the devil with you right now in Jesus' name. Devils, flee and do not return to these people. Do not return. Hallelujah. They're bought by the blood. After experiencing the love of Jesus, I can tell you, those things are all lies. I ran from God for a number of years, even after I knew the truth, even after knowing the Lord. But Jesus never gave up on me. Believe it or not, he used some of the most unlikely people to point me back to him. i never forget the time I'm sitting in a bar drinking, and I'm a backslidden Christian, a backslidden preacher. And a guy sitting next to me that is living a worldly kind of lifestyle that is, you know, doing drugs and drinking turns to me and says, he knows that Jesus is real. And it brings my mind back to where I used to be. It brings my spirit back to where I used to be. And I begin to speak to him about how I believe the same. While all the people around us are looking at us like we're out of our minds, me and him are bonding through our faith, although we were living in a way that was contrary to our faith. So I tell you, God will put people in your path to remind you of his love, to remind you that there's a place to run to, that he is the one to run to when you're lost, when you're broken, when you're hurting. I tried to find the same peace I had through relationship in Jesus in the world, through pleasure, through fulfilling my worldly pleasure and my lusts, but I came up empty. I remember I was sitting in my pickup truck that I used to have many years ago in North Philly waiting to pick something up. And I'm not going to go into detail about what I was picking up. But I remember sitting there in North Philly, you know, with danger all around me in a place where anything could pop off at any minute. Someone could start shooting. The fight could break out. Someone could try to rob me. And I sat there and I just started to think, why am I here? Why am I here? Why have I strayed away? Why have I walked away from Jesus? And I began to just think about Jesus. And as I thought about him, the Holy Spirit just came right into that truck, just moved right into the truck. And I found myself in the presence of God. And in that moment, it was so surreal 
I just sensed that the Lord was calling me back home. And I didn't give my life back to Jesus in that moment. But those are the ways that God met me. Those are the ways that God showed me he was still there and he still wanted me in his arms. He still wanted me to live for him. And I'm saying this for the person that's watching this right now or who will watch this later, who thinks I'm too far gone. If God chased me down, already knowing the truth, running for, uh, from him for years to fill my vehicle with his presence and to draw me back in, there's still hope for you. There's hope for every one of you out there. It's time to repent. It's time to begin to follow Jesus, ask for his forgiveness, and begin to live for him today. The peace that Jesus offers can't be bought, and the redemption he's purchased by his own blood has the power to purify every living soul. God's grace is available to you today. The definition of grace is unmerited favor. It means favor that you don't deserve, but he's purchased it for you. He's purchased it through the cross. He's purchased forgiveness and favor and mercy and grace. None of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve deliverance. None of us deserve healing, but it's been purchased by the cross, through the cross, through the blood. He stands at the right hand of the Father. Jesus stands at the right hand of the Father and says, Father, he's one of ours. Father, she's one of ours. They're covered by the blood. They're ours. And he intercedes for us. He stands in the gap for us. He says, my blood has cleansed them. My blood is there. And they've asked in my name. So let's begin to ask in Jesus' name tonight. Let's begin to pray, to rebuke the devil, to push back darkness and invite God's light and glory into our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment. We invite you in, Lord. We invite you into every aspect and area of our lives. We want to be like Obed-Edom, who wanted your ark inside of his home. He invited your ark inside of his home and he was blessed for 90 days. His household was blessed for 90 days. But we want of all of our lives, all of our days to be blessed, our households to be blessed today and every day. So Lord, we invite your presence in. And what Obed-Edom did and who he was was about inviting your presence in. So we invite your presence in, Jesus. We invite your presence in, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, come. I rebuke every devil every devil that is causing sickness, infirmity, disease, division, that is causing problems in people's lives and relationships. I rebuke you devils in Jesus' mighty name. You must flee. You must flee and not return to these households. You must flee and not return to these ministries. You must flee and not return to their minds, to their hearts, to their souls, to their spirits. I rebuke the spirit of fear off your life in Jesus' name. We did not get saved to live in fear. We got saved to live in freedom and liberty. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Now I'm just going to declare something over you and over myself. For those who are watching, I'm going to declare uh, or make a statement of blamelessness. So I declare and decree that we as the body of Christ are blameless in the sight of the Father. I declare and decree that your precious blood, Jesus, has washed us and made us brand new. You have cleaned our slate. 
You have sealed our fate, and that fate is to cross over into eternity and be with you forever, God. Lord, empower us. Empower us to understand this blamelessness. Give us revelation into this blamelessness that we have that we have received through the cross, that we may move in your power and authority, not being weighed down by condemnation that is not of you, Lord, but it's of our own minds and of the enemy. Jesus, thank you, Lord, that we are blameless. Thank you, Lord, that we are blameless and clean in your sight. Lord, may each person out there Right now, that's suffering with back pain. Be healed in Jesus' name. Each person that's suffering from cancer, I rebuke a spirit of cancer off of your life in Jesus' name. Each person that's suffering from addiction, I rebuke the spirit of addiction off of your life in Jesus' name. Those chains are breaking right now. Those chains are breaking right now. You're receiving your freedom. Hallelujah. If you want to be saved in Jesus' name, if you want to be saved by the power of the blood, by the power of the cross, say this prayer with me. But it's more important that you believe it in your heart. Begin to believe and follow Jesus. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave and that he is Lord forevermore. Lord, give me the strength and all that I need to follow you for all of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, you're now a son or a daughter of the Most High King. Begin to follow after Jesus with all that you have. Invite him into every area and aspect of your life, that he would be Lord of your life, that he wouldn't only be a friend, but that he would be your Lord. We need to make him our Lord. Hallelujah. I know we're in trouble sometimes right now. We're living in troublesome times, but we can hold on to the promise that Jesus said, that Jesus spoke to us, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, regardless of what we have, what kind of material possession we have, where we live, the kind of clothes we wear, the kind of car we drive. We have Jesus, and that's what truly matters. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, and I pray that you continue to watch these live feeds, these live messages, and that you stay close to Jesus.